Hello, hello. Becca is tonight's guest on the podcast, and we cover all kinds of stuff. We start with a lot of 80s and 90s kid nostalgia, uh, and then we work this all the way up through high school and into college. And then uh, as a young adult, where Becca just really kind of started evaluating her activity and her food choices and seeing that there was uh, really some some serious things that she needed to look to the to the future um, and look to the future and if she didn't address uh, could have some serious consequences so uh, I really I, I think as far as being able to build an active lifestyle around preferences I think Becca is one of the best people for you to connect with um, she works very very hard at what she does. But she has a very, just a very kind of a, a, a relaxed vibe to how she approaches it, um, which I, I think pretty much anybody could benefit from coming into contact with. And her approach to running, and we'll get into that here as well, uh, I think you'll pick up on on that, that same thing, which is she works really, really hard, but she does not take uh, the things as as seriously as what some people do as far as, you know, measures of progress and, and, uh, things of, of what it means to what it quote unquote means to be a runner. Um, she definitely does her own thing and she does it very well. And she has, um, she has fun doing it, but she works really, really hard. Uh, so I, I definitely think this is uh, someone that you should be connected with. I've got her Instagram profile linked up. And then I also have a link to the not your normal run podcast, which is something that she does with her sister, Sarah. Uh, they do a phenomenal job really with putting all kinds of content out, both collaboratively and then as individuals. So you'll definitely want to check that out as well. So make sure that you are connected with her on Instagram and make sure that you head over and subscribe to that podcast while you're listening to this episode. And then of course, any comments, any questions that you have, definitely let either, you know, let us either one of us or both of us know your thoughts on Instagram uh, while you're listening or afterwards. And uh, with all of that, without further ado, let's get into the chat with Becca. Becca, how are you? Good. Daryl, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I knew when I put that question in my story, I'm like, <laughs> let's see how long it takes for somebody to be like, Team Garmin, Team Garmin. I almost was yep. saying, like, if you're Team Garmin or you're like some indie <laughs> fitness tracker person, like, just tell me what you wear. <laughs> But Garmin is so, I mean, it's not like Garmin only does running, but it is so running centric. So let's, let's talk about it a little bit because I do, I actually, I have a few friends that are definitely team Garmin and they just, for, for running specifically, like they love it. Um, is that like, so basically Fitbit and Apple are more so kind of your universal, popular fitness trackers and Garmin is, is it's not necessarily like the just niche, but it does seem to fall in mostly with the running crowd. Is that correct? Yes. Um, or I mean, admittedly triathletes too, cause you know, it will record biking and stuff like that, but it's just when you're looking for a long length of time recording, um, cause it's, it's battery life is amazing. <laughs> Well, and how long, how long does the battery life typically last on it? Um, I charge my Garmin. So when I'm, when I'm working out regularly, I charge my Garmin probably once a week. Um, I had it fully charged for my marathon, which took nine hours and it lasted the entire thing just about 
drained it though for parts of it just because it was getting wonky signal but um so yeah so it lasted like a full nine hours of activity recording and and bluetooth connection and stuff like that so it was it was pretty good but like my my husband has an apple watch and his he charges every night that's and that's what i was gonna say like the apple watch what everybody what a lot of people say is that they love it but you've got to charge it every night and i know when i first came across fitbits it was charging kind of like once a week or once every five or six days. But yep. it seems like, of course, as you start getting into more of like these smartwatch technologies, the battery life doesn't last as long. But, right. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I posted that in the Facebook group about uh, an Apple Watch and like everybody's all about it, man. They're, they were showing up like like crazy. So, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, lo- he He had a Fitbit, went to an Apple Watch and loves it. So... If I was going to get something more regular tracking like that, I would totally go for the Apple Watch. See, and what I really like about this is we're doing a podcast. You submitted question responses for the podcast, (laughs) and we're talking about something completely different. But guys, like as I said in the intro, because if you're if you're listening to us right now, you can go ahead and link to Becca's podcast because I'm talking to a fellow podcaster. Yes. While we're talking here, they can they can connect with you on Instagram. They can yep. they, they can get all the details. Oh, and, totally. And see, like, so I I like doing the questions up front. If it's somebody that like that is going to be really nervous about podcasting or nervous about talking, and I just I feel like with you and I, like, we talk about so many things besides health and fitness <laughs> that I really was like, you know what, this is probably going to end up being one of those um, just kind of record and go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and for full transparency for you guys, like I was, I was getting ready to come up and record this, and uh, Stacy's like, because we're we're doing like this the Thai chicken, which is one of our staple recipes. Ooh. She's like, is dinner ready? And like, basically, you cook the chicken in the crock pot, um, and then you put the fruit, the veggies with it, frozen veggies in this case, and then basically all you got to do fifteen minutes ahead of time is you put rice in with chicken stock. And then you've got, there's this Thai peanut sauce. Why well, not put the sauce or anything in? So they're like, she's like, well, we're hungry and you're recording a podcast. So I'm like, all right, let me, let me finish making dinner. And then I Feed was, the masses. Was, well, yeah. And, and I was, I was ready to come up and apologize to you for being late. And you're not even talking about the podcast. You're like, I'm team Garmin. Cause I, I put that question in the story about the Fitbit and the, and the Apple watch. So, so yeah, this is, this is, this is podcasting. And it people is. Will say, it and, totally and people is. will say. Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't, people say that like, you know, well, I ramble. I don't know what I would talk about. I have a problem staying on task. That's What we're proving right here. Yeah. It's just, it's very low key. It's very laid back and you can go pretty much anywhere with, with the conversation. So, um, so what I, I I really, I do want to get into your health and fitness story, but I, I feel like we could actually, we could even go a little bit more further back and we can make things linear. Um, (laughs) <laughs> 80s pop culture yes. what you and i talk about is pop culture is yep. professional wrestling is i i love that when i said hey is there anything else that you would like to uh let people know about and you wanted me to link to the nasa photos like there's so many like just side geeky things that you and i talk about <laughs> but i think to keep this in order Let's start with some of the pop culture stuff. So we'll we'll go back to your childhood. What are what are some of your favorite things as far as like movies and music? And we'll work our way through. Oh, 
everything. I'm st- I'm I'm a Disney fan at heart. I actually still have in my closet a tub full of VHSs that are the original, you know, Disney yeah. movies and and stuff. So I'm all, I'll always be a Disney kid. Disney Plus is is my thing right now. I love it. Um so all all Disney movies growing up. Um and then of course, like as you got a little bit older, my dad and I would watch like all the Steven Seagal movies and the Lethal Weapon movies and um Indiana Jones and Back to the Future and just everything big back then <laughs> was, yeah. was it. So. <laughs> well and 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 I feel like a couple of things as we're doing these either ors, but you were definitely team VHS and not Betamax. Definitely, correct? definitely okay. VHS. I still have a working VCR. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And then like, but see, the only time that I ever wanted a Betamax was when we went to the video store and like the, all the good movies were were out on VHS, but they always had them on Betamax. <laughs> so, like nearly as many people had them, but as far as like the it sounds like watching all these movies i mean you probably went to the the video store on a fairly regular basis oh yeah what uh what was that like for you because i feel like for us being 80s and 90s kids like that was just where it was at i mean it was we had you know not only did we have like so blockbuster was the name one in our town but we had corner stores that had video rental too too. so we would go up to the corner store called cookies corner and they had their little corner section and we'd rent a movie, but they also had NES games. So I'd pick up an NES game <laughs> and we'd get movie and NES games for the weekend. And, and that was, that was nerdville for us. But, oh, the, these kids not understanding what it was like to go try and get something you really wanted. And there was no box behind it. You're like, right. oh, look, look, that's the one I want. And you had to move it. You had to see that there was an actual yeah. physical copy behind it. And if there wasn't, I, you just had to find something else. <laughs> it was it was the best feeling in the world, followed instantaneously by the most soul crushing feeling. Which is, <laughs> you saw the box. You're like, this is the first. This is the first weekend that Beetlejuice is available. It's the new release. Yes, there it is. Oh, there's nothing behind it. Or, or you would have some trickster that would take another video or a lesser popular that was like close by and put that behind the new release. Yep. Oh, yeah. that was that was the worst. Oh. That was the worst. Harsh, man. Evil people. <laughs> um but but yeah, I mean NES games too. Like I remember, you know, running those and and even into some of the later systems like the Sega Genesis and such. But what were uh, what were some of your favorite NES games? Uh Super Mario 3. Super Mario 2 was my favorite. I spent a lot of time a lot more time. That one was a rental though. I didn't own it. So <laughs> Um, and then a friend of mine, a few doors down, had Super Mario Three, so I could get in on the yeah. Super Mario Three action, and I did that as often as possible. Um, <laughs> then I would—I I remember specifically renting just some really obscure ones, like one called Mickey's Mouse Capades. I remember that. <laughs> we're, we're like, and you were in, like, there was an Epcot adventure. Like, there was a level that was in Epcot, and there, were, yeah, it was, I, I, so but it was obscure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was a really random game, but I loved it. it... <laughs> do you remember um, another Disney one? Do you remember Chip and Dale, the Rescue I Rangers do. Adventure one? Yes, that one was yeah. marvelous. If it was ever there, <laughs> I would grab it, definitely. Because yes. I loved the cartoon, too. I watched the cartoon a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, some other, oh my gosh. See, now we're getting into like cartoons back from like the late, <laughs> late 80s. I love Tiny Toons. Oh, Tiny Toons was the yeah. best. Yeah. 
I can't, I, you get, you know, if you get started, like you start, baby plucky and the water go down the hole, you know, <laughs> elevator go up, elevator go down. It, you just, these, these poor kids, they don't understand. Well, but yeah, water go down the hole was like the, was plucky's, it was that the was thing. the big, it was, that was the, the big thing. It was my favorite. And, and then there were moral lessons too, because there was, there was the time where I think it was, yeah, you're talking about baby Plucky, but then Plucky had in, somehow gotten invented a time machine <laughs> and it was on, it, it was on Sunday night and he was a complete slacker, never did his homework. Mm-mm. So he went back in time to Friday just to like goof off and everything. And at the end of the episode, he just has a note from himself, <laughs> like do your homework next time. <laughs> so there were moral lessons in these as well. Little ones. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You picked him up eventually, but you probably didn't even notice you picked him up right away. So, <laughs> well, and and Annie, Animaniacs was like super smart. I mean, you oh, go yeah. back and watch it was it was funny. It was then, so far but as ahead. an adult, you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like second and third level humor. And I feel like I loved that type, especially because like you know, Pinky and the Brain was just my when that one was on. It was silence. I don't want to. I want to hear the television. Nobody talk. Yeah. But my dad and I used to watch like Rocky and Bullwinkle. And a lot, yes. you know, a lot of really smart humor cartoons. And so I think you just kind of follow, a little, it's just got to have some spice behind it. I got to have a little something behind it. And that's, yeah, that's why I love that Animaniacs too. And that they're coming back yeah. with it. They're bringing everything back though. I know. Yeah. I feel that, like very true. Very true. But they have been for so long. Like when they brought back My Little Ponies and Rainbow Bright. And you're looking at them and you're like, wait a minute, that was not the outfit Rainbow Bright wore. That's not the outfit Strawberry <laughs> Shortcake wore. She had a poofy little hat on, I know, because it looked like something my grandma would have made. <laughs> you know, they got to restylize them for the kids today. <laughs> well, and they're even doing that. So, like, when when my son was, who's a teenager now, but when he was was not even five years old, he was obsessed with Diego and Dora. They've, they've, they've you know, redone them now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> I know. They'll just, you know, they never come up with good stuff because the original stuff was so good. Well, and yeah, and they figured out that, I mean, just like you and I are having this blast from the past nostalgia thing going on that like, you know, this this stuff sells. You, you talk to like 30 and 40 somethings like this is, we're all like, yeah, this is what we clamor for. Is, oh, yeah. Is when like, I signed up for HBO this. Max and found out that they have pretty much the entire Looney Tunes library on it the other day, I, I about lost it. I see and and I've I've actually gotten to the point with all of the all the like all the channels but these I mean these are basically apps now it's it's not even like you're yeah you're 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 basically purchasing the app but then you have like we we have the Roku that we put everything on and the content library is insane you mentioned Disney plus it's like if you think about where we were a, even a decade ago, when yeah. when, you, when people first started watching Netflix on their on their TVs, when Netflix like, still delivered. Just, well, we weren't. Yeah, well, that's even, that's even further back, and I remember that too because at the time, again, the transition from video store to Netflix delivery, it was like, oh my gosh, I, all I have to do is I can tell you on a Wednesday what I want to watch this weekend, and I can literally have it delivered to my house. And it, but it's funny because now we, we have become so immediate. It's like if we can't get it right away, or even if there's a little bit of a lag in the, in the streaming, like, yeah, there's just, there's, why know, can't it, I find it right now? Why do I have to like look for it or wait or 
what what do you mean i have to wait for another episode next week yeah i i mean like well yeah that that entire i I could totally see explaining that to my teenager like no you've got to wait till next (laughs) week whereas i i mean everybody has gotten so into like binge watching mm-hmm. and i know like whenever i have these conversations i, I totally sound like old man yelling at cloud <laughs> but like but like it's just it's so crazy to me and i and i have this conversation when when rach and i do podcast and when chris and i were talking about it last week but like our our like half of our life was in this traditional well yeah not really traditional but like a slower paced evolution of media yep. whereas we had it we started with um, you know, going to Blockbuster and VH and, and renting VHS and taking them home and, and bringing them back. And like, you'd watch a movie in the theater and you'd have to wait, you know, what set, what seemed like a ages. long time. Yeah. For it to come out on video. And then like one day you'd be watching TV and you'd see the commercial for it and you would get so excited. And then like, you would be paying 20, probably even more. I mean, you're talking about the, the, the Disney movies were collectors oh, items yeah. because they would come out. Uh, for just a very limited run and people would would be collecting them and like we've we've gone from that to where and and not even talking about music where you would have to go and like go to a record store at the mall and buy a cd (laughs) for like 20 bucks to get like two or three songs yeah i I mean like so we've we've gone from all this to where it's like it's just it's it's stuff that you consume it's stuff that you watch you listen to or you read and it's just can be delivered instantly. And we are just in such mass consumption, which it's wonderful on, on one hand. But I mean, yeah, I, I think as far as like having patience, we have none at this in, point. On, like we're just instant. on the downside. It almost seems the way Edward Nigma, you know, the, when he sucked the brain waves out in the Batman. Yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the way it feels like some people are absorbing so much of it. <laughs> well, and, and that's I, I mean. Like, and that's a fair point because you, you have, there's, as a human being, there's only so much you can actually absorb, right. but like, I just, it, it's the amount of information is mind blowing. And like, even well, the access the to information, thing, not having to go to a library to look for an encyclopedia right. to get some information oh, yeah. on a report. <laughs> an encyclopedia that you're doing a report for. And the encyclopedia itself is like four years old seriously like the book (laughs) and and i still remember like when um when we had the encarta cd like for the cd-rom and like you would have information like say say i was looking at something in march and there was something from six months earlier that happened in the world that's on this disc you're like whoa this is almost real time (laughs) and now it literally like what the heck that's what people were talking about literally 12 minutes ago why am i hearing it again it's It's not news now yeah exactly (laughs) it's not yeah this is this is no longer relevant what the heck's going on but like even um i don't know if you and i've ever gotten into the 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 details on this um i actually i think i I did bring this up to katie once because it's like so mind-blowing which is what we thought of outer space when we were kids like nine planets that's the whole thing nine planets and like now, millions of planets, billions of stars, probably Earth-like planets out there. Like, it just, it just, it's, it's crazy. Like, all this stuff is just nuts. It's, the, the, the fact that it started to become the probability is more likely than not that we've got 
all these other types of planets and, and the possibility of any type of other life form, be it bacterial, viral, whatever, etc. Like yeah. all of yeah. it, like it, <laughs> it was just, yeah, it, it almost seemed like back then we thought the solar system and the universe were probably about the same size. <laughs> Not much bigger. Yeah, and then it all revolved around. Oh, it always revolves our, around our us. <laughs> Clearly, I, I just, oh, yeah, I, I. But, but I mean, this is another one of those things where you think about it, and you're like, okay, for how long the universe has been in existence, we can't. I personally like. There's no way in my mind that we are the most advanced civilization. No. Like, there's just no, no way. We haven't been around. I for would. That long. I, I hate to say it, but I'd feel sad if we were. I can't help it. I do. (laughs) You know, there's, you always want for more, you want for more knowledge, et cetera. So it just, yeah, I, again, it's one of those, the probability at this point with the size of the universe. And now they think they know what, that the universe is in an actual shape and things like, yeah, the probability is a little more likely than not. (laughs) Yeah, and it'll just be interesting to see 15 years from now kind of where we are with things because the stuff that we're talking about now is going to be just completely obsolete. And I'll watch I, – I really got into watching um, The Universe on the oh, History I love Channel that when one. I first came it's a good place, one. Which, yeah, yeah, which I think was like – I think it was like 2007 when they first started. But if you go back and watch those now compared <laughs> to the ones that are – yeah. Have been done in the last couple of years. You're like, oh, that's not really true. But I mean, still, again, compared to what we were learning in textbooks way back exactly. when, yep, completely different. <laughs> um, so with that, we can start talking about some health and fitness sure. stuff, maybe. Sure, why not? <laughs> so, so as as we're talking about, like, you know, what I'm hearing from everything. I mean, you, your childhood. There, there, there was so much. Um, really uh, like, like so much you, you keep bringing up, you know, how you were doing all these things with, you know, it was you and your dad and, and, and there was so much involvement. Um, what was, as far as your household dynamic, like what, what was it like food wise growing up? Cause again, we're talking about mm-hmm. in the 80s, so there was some kind of interesting things going on. Anything and everything, anything that made the kids happy and shut them up. Yeah. <laughs> you want snack cakes? Sure. Why not? You're supposed to clean your plate before you leave. You're supposed to eat everything. It doesn't matter how much is there. You're supposed to eat all of it. Um, you know, big drink your full, big, tall glass of milk with every meal. And, it, it, you know, it's what seemed normal. All, all the cereals, right. all the sugar cereals. Um, yeah. <laughs> the more marshmallows, the better. Um, yeah, it, sugar. Lots of sugar. <laughs> so much sugar <laughs> but the other part of it is there wasn't really it doesn't sound like there were any like there wasn't any like guilt or any similar feelings no. associated with food no it was it was That's good. yeah it was kind of whole household participation definitely um there you know nobody thought any different because the whole house ate that way so it was normal for us mm-hmm but then, but also on the other side, there was not, there, you know, there was no push for activity. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and I think people will talk, like, you'll hear this whole thing of like, oh, you, you know, before we had all this technology, kids played outside and did all this. But what we're talking about, I, I mean, you know, our childhood sounds very similar where there was no real push yeah. for activity. Um, you know, I know both of my parents were growing yeah. up. Uh, growing up and like yeah we ate 
what was easy oh, yeah. to make and what was was super oh if you filling. could get a box of so, banquet chicken that they could just throw yeah. in the oven and call it good or hamburger helper that was another it, one it was, was if you could just throw it together in like 30 minutes or less or preferably yeah. less that was that was the way it worked you want drive through we're going through drive through tonight again <laughs> yeah chicken nuggets yeah. well and, and i still well and i still remember when they introduced um like supersizing and and all this other yes. stuff because I was I was probably like ten or twelve, and and then again like to your point by that time, um, at least in at least in our household like I remember as a kid it wasn't like as a little kid it wasn't like the the drive throughs and stuff were off <laughs> limits but I do remember like as a teenager it became something that was more and more common just kind of given like yep. what was you know how busy everybody yep in the house definitely, was. um, so is that uh, how how did that how long did that kind of continue? Like, was there when for you personally, was it something that, that ended up, there was kind of like a hard change as an yeah. adult or was this something that was kind of gradual? Okay. So let's, it let's was talk about definite that. hard change as an adult. No, nothing changed throughout high school. And it was still just eat what I mean. Like at that point in high school, I went to a high school in a different town. Um, I went to high school in Holland. So it was about a half hour, 45 minute drive away. Um, so I you know, I ate school lunch food sometimes. <laughs> if I did, it was because it was pizza day. Um, <laughs> and otherwise, you were out for lunch. It just, you know, out for lunch because it was that you know, I, I would find a job there where my school was. You're eating dinner out. I mean, that's just, you know, what yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, yeah, into college, same thing. Working at Target, working another job doing daycare still going to college classes you you go through a drive through twice a day easily just because yeah. that's where you're grabbing your food yeah and and i remember i mean very similar um when i was in high school like i was i worked at the drugstore but we were in a strip mall where um, you know, a bunch of my friends were at the pizza shop next door. So like when we would close down on Friday night, it was like 10 30, 11 o'clock by the time we would get out there, pizza was still going until yep. like 1 AM, but they were kind of slowing down. So we would be able to get a couple of pizzas, okay. like nothing. Um, and then, you know, another, uh, another buddy worked down at the chili parlor that was just down the street. Another guy worked over at Hardee's. Um, and then, yeah, like during college, cause it was, I had, especially my first semester, I had, I, I had uh, multiple jobs, one of which was okay. at a block. Nice. Actually. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I would, I would leave one job that was at the mall and I would eat something yep. in the food court there and, and kind of the same thing, like blockbuster, you know, you've got all the restaurants and stuff around there. And then by the time you get out of there at midnight, you yeah. know, what's open? Seriously. Bell's open. <laughs> it, so, it's, yeah. it was, it was like, yeah. it's almost, it was built into us at that point because it yep. was so easy. And another thing I was just thinking about too, back then, would we have even been able to have found out if we cared how many calories were in any of the fast food f that we were eating? So the, the interesting I don't remember thing, when that started. Like, I know it. it... Well, I, I can, I, I can tell like, so I, at, at this point I had, I had had some exposure to the, mm -hmm. the fitness magazines and I was, I was getting into exercise and I had actually um, in high school, I'd actually lost some weight and it wasn't by doing anything dramatic. I actually switched to like diet soda. And then, you know, like my eating at, at times when I would eat during the day, 
like if instead of going and getting a, a bacon cheeseburger at Wendy's, I would get sure. a chicken yep. sandwich. Um, but like, again, those Friday nights, I, I, I like, I just, man, I remember those. And that pizza was so <laughs> greasy and so delicious. I kind of, I'm kind of like, I'm wanting to look it up and see if it's still like, if they still operate still here. Get one. <laughs> um, but like, but it, it's, it's interesting because what you're bringing up about the calorie counting, I remember a couple of years later and this, cause this was when I worked at the gym, somebody was telling me about a software program called fit day and you would have to go in and you would, you basically would build your own database. Once you put your food in, you could always retrieve it, but it was, it yeah. was very manual, but you would be able to track your food and it would show you the macro breakdown and all this stuff. But it was like, when you think of people tracking on my fitness pal or a similar app today, like it would take you 10 minutes probably to this put is your probably, food in probably like looking at DOS. Right <laughs> It, it well yeah that that actually that that's actually a, a pretty good way like it was because you almost you have to yep. boot up the program boot up the program boot up a computer program and like <laughs> it just oh my gosh like it, it but it but it was so different but again kind of in mm-hmm. line with what we're talking about we're talking about maybe fifteen sixteen years but complete light years away and, and see what I'm what we're talking about here there there never really was. There wasn't nearly as much no. guilt. Now, again, if you started consuming the magazines and the, and the things like that, you started to become a little bit more aware, but not still not not to the extent that right. you are right now, because you've got it's it's like in I mean, your it's face on the menu the now. So, yeah. <laughs> they tell you how many calories are in stuff well, on the menu, <laughs> and, and and that was that was the thing too. I remember that. Um, really starting to see that when after the movie yeah. Super Size Me came out, which actually would have been a little bit after um, I started using this software program. Oh, no, that would have been around the same time. So, yeah, like we didn't early 2000s. We weren't even like it wasn't mainstream. I'm sure it was around somewhere on like some weird Internet form. But like, yeah, it, we just no, we didn't think about it. It, it right? wasn't a, it, you didn't think eating a large fry at McDonald's was 500 calories by itself type of thing. You might not have even cared, honestly, because again, yeah, guilt wasn't there. It was celebratory commercials and stuff all the time. You couldn't, you couldn't, you had to have searched for the calorie. And if you wanted to know about that type of thing, you would have had to have looked for it. Whereas you're getting McDonald's commercials, Burger King commercials, and how glorious it is. And it's so easy to just bring your kids, grab the Happy Meals and go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and. And so you, another thing that you brought up there that's interesting is like 500 calories guilt-free, like, and what is 500 calories? Cause I'll still have this conversation with people a little bit like, Oh, I mean, I ate too much. That was, and, and it's, oh, it's yeah. based on anybody's perception. Some people will think, think a 500 calorie meal is way too much. Some people will even think like a right. 300 calorie mm-hmm. meal is, is too much. So, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that's associated with it now that we didn't that we didn't necessarily have. So, so you, you were in college, you were working multiple jobs, you're basically eating what was convenient and what sounded good at the time, which by the way, a, a lot of us were, mm-hmm. were doing back then. Um, when did that kind of start to change? Um, it honestly didn't change for a very long time. It didn't change till probably yeah. eight ish years ago, six to eight years ago. Um, okay. Because it just, it's comfortable. It's easy. You just eat. It's not a big deal. Um, 
yeah it 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 didn't it was definitely a, a an adulthood awakening um seeing my parents start developing health issues um that you know ending up taking like vacation time and staying with them through like knee replacements and stuff to help them with mobility and and all that stuff the first few days after surgery it just and, and, and then you start to kind of, you know, sometimes you have to have an internal talk with yourself and you start to go, look, I have a problem with my hip. My hip hurts a lot when I do some weird activity or something. And it just, I, I don't know why my hip hurts. And then you, my knee hurts and my back hurts. And I'm kind of young for this kind of stuff to be hurting a little bit like this. Maybe I need to kind of look at taking care of myself or I will end up where I'm looking at. And, and it was, it was a big wake up for me and I didn't want, I didn't want to be there in the future. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I didn't want, I, I didn't want to have to look there knowing, you know what, there's no question. I'm going to need two knee replacements, you know, when I get to be, oh, I think there were, you know, my dad was 60 when he got his first one, probably. I like, I, I, I didn't want to go through it. Nope. Couldn't handle it. So as you're in, in processing this, was this like after the the first time that you took the vacation time to, to help them? Or was this something that you kind of gradually came to and then you were just like it's, a combo it's of both? Um, not, you know, mm-hmm. accepting that I never really cared for the way my body looked. I always felt like the chunky kid growing up. I always felt like the chunky friend in the girl group. Um, the chunky friend at the club, at the dance club, like all of it, you know, and, and it was just kind of like, meh, whatever it is, what it is, and just not caring about it, just trying to be the fun one, be the funny one, you know, and, and, and kind of go from there. But it, you know, when you, when you stare some of that type of stuff in the face, like knee replacements and type two diabetes and yeah. I, I, nope, I, I need to change my life or I, or this is where I will be. There's no question. So it was, it, from there, it was really just figuring out how to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that just started with a simple burn a lot of well, calories. And, and, <laughs> well, well, yeah. And, and I mean, and that's definitely something that, you know, I, I think this, this, this part of the conversation, I think is super important because one, like where, where is the definitive start point, which we've gotten to. And then, you know, because right now when we talk about, the stuff that you do day to day now, like, I mean, you do you, you on the, on the roller skates, I think is like, I, I just, I personally enjoy it I when I see it. the videos, uh, but like how you went from, you know, you went from this very serious, I need to take a hard stand on this to you. You mentioned the first step is I got to burn a lot of calories. So like, how did you, where did you start with this? And then how did all that involve, or evolve into what you're doing now, which is, um, yeah, you, you definitely, you do the roller skates, but you also do, um, you know, you also do a fair amount of running, you do a fair amount of activity in general. So let's, let's talk about that. Where did it start? Um, it it started with finding some type of aerobic workout that I liked because I knew, well, I knew it was hard to find something that would keep my attention and keep me interested. 
Um, okay. And honestly, I started with yeah. even way back then when I didn't realize beach body, beach body was a thing. Not an ad for them. I just I pay for I pay for them. Dang it. So it's not an ad. Um, (laughs) I didn't, I didn't know they were a thing, but it was one of their workouts and it was, um, the turbo fire, which is just super heavy cardio. And then they do throw, I think there's like two days of strength training. in, so there is a little bit of it, but it is definitely, you know, builds up to a full hour of cardio and, and, and interval workouts and stuff. And, um, I just started there and then, and that was actually about the time my husband and I were looking to actually plan a wedding date and stuff. And so it was like, oh, I really need to lose weight. <laughs> so there was that under, you know, there was the definitely got to bear down and, and, and burn calories, but now we have a wedding goal in there. So it was kind of a both that helped, that helped keep the focus. That definitely helped keep it for a while. Okay. Cause you know, you just lose motivation so quickly sometimes. <laughs> but you know, you, when you burn heavy cardio, you do see results decently quickly. Um, and we also, we did, we, we changed what we ate big time, cut back eating out. Um, we still eat out now, but <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dry today. Um, but I cut, you know, we cut back eating out. We started doing things like eating chicken at home. Why do we need to go get fried chicken of some kind? We can make chicken at home. It is delicious. There's nothing wrong with it. So, you know, switching over to a lot more home cooked meals, um, but, and then definitely, yeah, definitely adding in movement. Cause it, I was sedentary. There, there wasn't a lot of movement. So yeah. even just adding the movement in was going to help. So I, I think a, a couple of big things, one, um, yes. having the household on board and what you mentioned is making more meals at home, <laughs> but not completely cutting it out. And I know probably at, at the height of our household, like when, when we first got married, um, my wife and I were, were still like, like we were just, again, we were super busy and we, it, it was it's more convenient to go out to eat. And we, we were one of them that would buy a bunch of groceries and then they would sit there <laughs> while we went yeah. out to eat. And like, so, but we, we got to a point where it was like, okay, we clearly need to cut back on the amount of meals that we're having in a, at a restaurant each month. And so you, we then got into like kind of the specifics. We, we literally, if you counted like going through a drive through and getting breakfast between the two of us, if there were 30 meals to be eaten during a week, uh, we were probably eating two thirds of those right. from restaurants or drive throughs. And you just, you kind of get into this oh, yeah. whole convenience thing and you're not paying attention. But then when you do decide that, okay, we got to start, uh, we, we should start, you know, just making some stuff at home. You go through the aisle, like, cause neither one of us really had done mm-hmm. a bunch of cooking to that point. And so you're going through the trial of an error of like, there were so many times early on where we would buy this stuff again, groceries <laughs> that we were buying and not using. We now have bought them and we're trying to use them, but they're turning <laughs> out like complete garbage. So there were plenty of days, there were plenty of days we'd make it, we'd look at it. We'd be like, well, this sucks. We're not going to eat it. And then we would go and buy stuff at the restaurants, but we, but we did end up sticking to it and it wound up going to where like, you yep. know, then it was maybe a third of the meals were eaten outside of the house. And I mean, I, I would still say now we still probably eat three to five meals a week yeah. at restaurants. And a lot of those are going to be mm-hmm. oh, yeah, out, a lot of carry out right now, given the, the state of everything. But like, you know, it's, it's all relative and it's definitely not something mm-hmm. where you need to cut it out completely, but you can make some pretty, 
sustain like substantial and yeah. yes sustainable changes just by like gradually yeah and, and i can't do i've never found that cutting something out completely works well for me um if you cut it out completely you really 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 seem to want it more whereas if you allow yourself to have it and just not go nuts on it it's okay you're you're not gonna just be like oh my god i haven't had something in so long now i need it it you know it allow yourself to have it you're human it's okay (laughs) give yourself some grace this is so this is like this is my big thing from and and i believe me i hear the arguments on this all the time um i i will tell like i i really will like nothing is off limits because the punchline is you can only eat cookies so many straight days. You can only eat cake so many straight days. You can only eat pizza so many straight days. If you want to break your love of a certain food, eat it every day over and over until you get sick of it. Now, will this work for everyone? No. Are there going to be some people that, that are yeah, triggered absolutely. by certain foods? Sure. But I, I can guarantee you my wife, my wife who loved carrot cake, loved the cheesecake <sighs> factory carrot cake more than anything else well me me being the responsible um you know (laughs) young 20 something that i was that was starting to figure out how to manage money you could either buy a slice of this this cheesecake factory cheesecake for like 80 bucks or eight dollars or you could buy the entire cake itself for like 60 i came home once with the entire like uh carrot cake and I swear, for two weeks, it seemed like we were eating off of this thing, and it would regenerate itself. And we finally got to the point where we looked at each other. We're like, I but can't then, eat and this then, anymore. And then there, um, that, that and, almost guilt piece, though, where you almost feel bad throwing food away, though. Right. Normally. Normally, I 1,000%. But in that type of case, you're just like, you know what? This we're was throwing different. it. She looked at it. She didn't, and she did not eat another piece of that carrot cake for 10 years. We would go to that restaurant and like, this used to be her she favorite thing. And she's like, it. I cannot eat that. Yeah. She's like, I, yeah. I mean, so like, and again, do I, do I think this, this is a, a perfect example? No, but I, I think there are so people, people get so wrapped up in what's quote unquote good and mm-hmm. bad and on plan and off plan. Whereas you know, you look at it, if you have something that's completely cut out and then all of a sudden you eat it and you can't seem to get enough of it, well, that's right. because you haven't had it in forever. Like, I guarantee you, if there's a certain type of food that you are like, I can't control myself around, if you allowed yourself to eat it every day, now you have to, you mentally have to be able to separate the feeling of physically, uh, the feeling of physically being mm-hmm. sick from eating something um, from like what it's actually doing to your body now. And, and I believe me, I totally get, um, because you know, I, I, I have absolutely had my times in life where, um, food was a continual source of comfort for me. And I ate things in quantities that I should not have been eating mm-hmm. for years at a time. I understand that, but I also can tell that if somebody has really started to work through this stuff. They've tried to make some sustainable changes. They know they need to, to try to drink some more water. They know they need to exercise. They know they need to eat better. But even if like eating better means, yeah, I'm going to start eating fruits and vegetables and get, you know, mm-hmm. whatever your protein source is that you like, 
in addition to eating this other stuff, you're eventually going to get to the point where like, you know, you don't want to, I love golden Oreos. There are times where I could sit down and probably eat an entire, um, you know, package myself. I couldn't do that day after day after day, I would get burnt out. And I, and I think, but I, I think the way that a lot of times people do the really restrictive stuff, they're, they're looking at kind of a, a, backlash like uh, uh, lashing out mm-hmm. on, against that particular way of eating as reinforcement that they need to be super restrictive whereas i think it's saying hey you're you're just you're basically telling yourself we need to lighten things up because we're having this reaction partly because we've denied ourselves right. this type of food for yep. so long i absolutely agree it makes total sense to me that's why it doesn't work for me either <laughs> <laughs> i don't deprive myself of yeah. stuff it just yeah. doesn't work well and, and i i yeah, no, I mean, it's just, and it, it takes, if somebody's been dieting for a while, like it, it really does take a while to kind of work through that. But yeah, I mean, I've, because I, I, I've seen people come across it or come out of it on the other side. Mm-hmm. Now you, you mentioned the Beachbody workouts and that you do, I, I have a, a subscription to Beachbody yeah. as well. I think it's a, mm-hmm. it's a phenomenal tool, um, kind of goes along with what we're, we're talking Death about note. with the evolution of technology, but like. Yeah, so you, I do. you still yeah, do I the still Beachbody do. workouts um, on a fairly I picked basis. up yoga cool. at one point in the last few years. I actually took it in college originally and then kind of fell back into it after a couple of years when I moved out uh, moved out of town, moved from Grand Haven to Lansing. Um, and then, <laughs> then picked up running like 2015-ish and would mix like yoga in with running so I would get a stretch in and then would still come back to beach body stuff just because it works for me. <laughs> I know which ones work really well for me. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm back doing it again. They've got a, um, a strength building one that I'm doing right now. That's just hilariously fun. <laughs> Katie, Katie and I jump roping together. It's great. I sent her what? a pair of jump ropes from Amazon that I had gotten because uh, she didn't have any and they do jump ropes for kind of like a warm up and for a cardio burn between strength sets. Um, and they're ropeless jump ropes, so they've got the balls on the end. <laughs> and they're just hysterical uh, okay. because you, they okay. make you feel extra uncoordinated because with nothing connecting the two, there's nothing to keep your two hands on rhythm together. Yeah. <laughs> you can figure out quickly oh, so how uncoordinated you are. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. So right now I'm doing that. And so, I'm a fair weather runner. So when it starts to warm up a little again in March, I'll be back outside. Yeah, I, well, and, and I definitely want to talk about how you got into, I, I understand, <laughs> believe me, I understand being a fair weather uh, runner, but like you mentioned 2015. So how did you, um, you know, you said when you started with eating, it was like, Hey, I got to burn a ton of calories with running. Was it something where you did something very gradual or did you just try uh, to running? I picked up uh, with my sister, actually, my sister had weight loss surgery and she wanted, she started running she started doing like c25k and i was just i just started doing it with her as a form of support <laughs> well i'll do it too let's do it mm-hmm. give it a shot um and i just kind of stuck with it it just it, it became it became one of those uh, um running for me is incredibly addictive i it i like the feeling of i don't think i can do that and then i just did that <laughs> So, and, and that's how I feel a lot when running because I'm not a normal runner. <laughs> so 
when we well well and and so yeah let's let's get into that a little bit so like are you talking about a certain distance are you talking about a certain pace like what is it because and i i do think running is very much Mm -hmm. like it's a mental challenge so yeah like like kind of walk us through that because there's a lot of people that try to get into running and the pace time really starts to mess with some people like they feel like they should be at a certain level i think it is very important to look not to look at other people's running uh it you will never be what somebody else is you're not them so (laughs) don't bother it's okay um i am i am a very proud member of the back of the pack the party is in the back we always have fun i will probably stay in the back of the pack for the rest of my life and i will be there happily um i am definitely a very slow runner i don't mind i like it (laughs) i still get to where i need to go uh yeah like i said earlier i've I've done a marathon it took me just literally just under nine hours to do it uh i still did the damn distance so that's (laughs) that's what it is that's cool which is what matters Um, it's the whole thing for me it, it didn't even start out with pace at all you know, I, I, I wasn't going to look at that because, you know, I'm, I'm a curvy, curvy, thick girl. You know, I'm not going to be a fast runner, especially right away anyway. Uh, so I just didn't care about that anyway. Um, but just was working on the C2 5K and let's do some 5Ks. And my sister and I did some 5Ks. And when she started jumping her distance up, I eventually started jumping my distance up because we're sisters. And that's how that type of thing goes. <laughs> <laughs> although i'm not as crazy like she's gonna do 100 miles i think this year or something 100 k 100 miles i don't remember which suddenly um but i'm not that crazy she's that crazy i'm not that crazy i think my marathon is probably the only marathon i'll ever do and i'm okay with that and that's probably the longest distance i'll ever do and i'm okay with that it was it was not a pleasure for me <laughs> yeah i i mean i i well, and, and if you think about what it, I mean, if you think about what it is, I, I, and I will never do, I will never do a marathon. Mm-hmm. I, I had done a ton of five K's. And then when we had the flying pig here in 2019, Ooh. I ended up doing the 10 K. Um, and then I did that. And then after that, I'm like, awesome for you guys that want to continue to push. Cause a lot of mm-hmm. people do the 10 K are like, I'm doing the half next year and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the five K and the 10 K. I'm like, I'm doing the five K. Like, cause the, the coolest thing to me about, uh, one of the coolest things about running to me mm-hmm. is the community of runners. And here's, here's the secret. The vast mm-hmm. majority of people, they don't care what your distance is. They don't care what your time is. It's the fact yep. that you came out and you did what you could and they are super, super supportive. I think that's one of the things, you know, you mentioned the mental challenge, the challenge of like in your head thinking, mm-hmm. I can't do that. I can't do that. Oh, Hey, I just did that. I, I think that's. That's one of the addictive properties to it. The other part yeah. is, I mean, just the, the community around running, I think, is is unbelievable. But, you know, there there is this whole thing, whereas a marathon, like any of these distances, especially if you've started to where you weren't doing any of them before and you go to like 5K, 10K, half, full. But mm-hmm. then like there's people doing ultras and there's people doing, you know, like and, and it's fine if you yeah. want to continue to push your body, push your mind and all that. But I feel like some people get into this and they're like, it, it gets into this thing where they feel like there's right. standards that they have to live up to. But I mean, for me, 
I'm kind of on the same page with you where like, this is a mental challenge. This is a mental experience. And, you know, even at that 10 K, like I was probably Mm -hmm. like, I was one of the the last people to finish, but like some of the conversations I had with the other back of the Packers as we were finished this. And it was like, yeah, I I mean, it's just like, it's a whole nother, it's just a wonderful experience. And I think some people get into running and they see all of this stuff and they buy all the gear and they're like, okay, I got to live up to this, but no, it's, it's really about, it's, it's personal challenge. And, oh yeah. And, I, know, I can't wait for races with, to come back so. just cause I can't wait to see people again. Cause that party in the back of the pack is real. We have yeah. fun, man. I mean, we're all going to be back here for a while together. So we might as well chat and have fun. <laughs> so it's that's, true. that's kind of how I roll it's with true. every race I do. If you see me ever on the race course, if I don't look incredibly happy, I must be in a little bit of pain. But I promise if you try to talk to me, you're still going to get rainbow and sunshines out of my ass. That's just how that works. <laughs> I, I don't I won't ever project to you how, you know, how unhappy or uncomfortable I am at the moment in the race. But we're going to have, ha- you know, have fun and bullshit the rest of the race, at least. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, every so often when. I'm when I'm recording a podcast, there will be a statement that comes up that is just all that's going to appear in the show notes. Rainbows and sunshine <laughs> out of my ass is the one coming out on this one. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, well, and so, you know, you you definitely honestly, I think anybody that's thinking about running um, should be following along with with you, uh, not only on social media, yeah. but like. Yeah you know, on your blog and on the podcast, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, your sister, yes. you guys do some content together as well. You have stuff that you do individually and you have things that you do as a group. But I, I think before we get into the specifics of where you guys can be found, I do think anybody that's wanting to get into running should absolutely follow and, and even connect with you. Cause you, you've always been super friendly with and encouraging and comments and direct message. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think anybody that's thinking about running, needs to get hooked up with you but uh but yeah let's let's talk about that kind of how you how you put your story out there and how you and your sister do things both individually oh yeah we're we're incredibly supportive of one another we think each other's crazy um it's a sister relationship it is what it is (laughs) um but you know we help each other through training plans when i trained for my marathon she was on the 98% of my long runs, I think, with me, riding a bicycle or wandering along, whatever it may be. Um, and then the same for her when she does this ridiculous run that she's doing this year. I've already signed up to be. <laughs> I'm following along. I'm going to be carrying all your stuff, <laughs> extra water. And that's the other thing. If you find me on a race, I promise you. In my back, in my pack, there's candy. There might be little mini bottles of liquor. I got you. We party in the back of the pack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, oh yeah, oh. You're literally the party bus. Definitely have as, party. Will travel. You are the party bus. <laughs> if you need a mobile <laughs> cheering squad, call me. <laughs> I promise you, I will make an ass out of myself to cheer you on at whatever you're doing just because I don't think some people understand how great that feels to cheer other people on. Just try it sometime. Go cheer at a race. Oh, yeah. it does good for the soul. Um, but yeah, we, we plan things very differently. Definitely. My sister and I plan things incredibly differently. Um, 
but just obviously, you know, support each other along the way. I'm always hitting her up for ideas or thoughts about, you know, is this a good idea for a training plan? Or what do you think of this one? Because she's got a bit more experience in it. And she's actually, she's worked with trainers in Grand Rapids and done stuff like that with the, with the Riverbank run when that was yeah. still happening again, COVID. Um, so it just, she, she has a little more in with knowledgeable people. So I pick her brain for stuff and then we collaborate back together and yeah, we have a, a podcast called Not Your Normal Run because we are definitely not your normal runners. <laughs> and most of my runs will never be a normal run. And that's what I like about it. They're always fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I really, I've, I've always enjoyed kind of your, j- just your vibe on all this stuff. Um, you don't take things like you don't take things as you don't get tripped up on things um, and you don't take the stuff seriously that people typically (laughs) get stuck in. But it is very clear that it it is very clear that you bust your ass and you work really hard and you are not afraid to try different things. And what this has led to is just a very balanced approach to health and fitness that works for you. Nothing is off the table you're constantly trying uh, new things, which I guess as, as we wrap up here, cause I did, pr- I did say that I wanted to get into So this. I actually How did the roller, uh, roller skated start? a lot in uh, junior high and high school. I spent two to three days a weekend at the roller okay. rink in town in Grand Haven and would just do laps around the rink with my girlfriends. You just jammed to music and roller skate and it kind of is what it is. And then I hit college and didn't, you know, my friends all went to college away and nobody went roller skating that I knew anymore. And so, you know, didn't do it for a while. And then it came big back on TikTok and stuff. And I was like, huh, people are roller skating again. That's interesting. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to buy myself a fancy little $300 pair of roller skates. (laughs) (laughs) My husband was kind of like, they want how much? It's like all these, look, if I'm going to invest in a hobby, I'm going to invest good money in something that's going to last and I'm not going to have to replace. And I did, you know, check reviews and there were some that, you know, they lasted only a couple of months. And so I went with some suede ones that are handmade here in the U.S. out in Minnesota. Um, Red Wing Shoe Company, actually. They make them. Yeah. So. Oh, really? Love it. Made by Rydell. I'll take it. Uh, so I ordered those, waited a hilarious like five-ish plus months for them because of COVID and back ordering because apparently everyone else decided to try roller skating too. <laughs> so I finally got them like the day before Thanksgiving and I haven't really taken them off most days since. <laughs> I try to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes on them and well, just roll around my kitchen. <laughs> And, and yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. And the first time I saw it, I think it was before you had even, I hadn't seen you say anything about it. I'm like, <laughs> is she at a car hop? No, she's <laughs> what the heck? Um, I, I love it though. And, and I, and I just, I, I think it's cool that it's something that you used to do. And I think something that is very underrated with health yes. and fitness is just being able to play. And just being able to just have like, just have fun, like in trying to, yeah, it, it's very mm-hmm. easy to get tripped up by a lot of this stuff. 
but just simplify. And, I, and I've been having an amazing like, amount so of fun. And from seeing what I'm, you know, I grew up roller skating in a roller rink. We didn't roller skate outside. You roller skated in a roller rink. Um, and I bought yeah. outdoor and yeah. indoor yeah. wheels because I've got a, a trail here that I run on. I can take my roller skates on it. Come on. Same thing. Even more fun, though. So, <laughs> so people come. I ha- you have know, you, I have got you tried them, the, have you used the outdoor I got them day before Thanksgiving and you know I live in Michigan so we got snow like literally the next day because Michigan <laughs> of course so no uh, I will probably not get to use the outdoor wheels until springtime sadly but that's okay I don't mind <laughs> So basically, though, people should follow you on Instagram and turn on notifications oh, because when you are Absolutely. outside, you will be posting. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will apologize in advance. Sorry, not sorry. It'll probably a lot be a lot of outdoor roller skating, but it's all right. It builds leg strength, dang it. Call it leg day. It is. <laughs> leg day and cardio. <laughs> leg day every day. There you go. No, I mean, well, and I'll tell you, like, I, I want to, I, I definitely want to do a follow up with you just really, honestly, as you start doing outdoor skating, I'm going to be interested to see where that is and to see what kind of everything evolves for you. Because that again is a big thing is like, you're, you're constantly trying things. And if something's working for you, you're doing more of it. And if it starts to get boring, it just seems like you try and keep myself interested. Otherwise I'm just going to stop doing it. And (laughs) then what? Yeah, and yeah, because wants... we'll have to we'll have to exactly. get back into pop culture stuff because exactly. we didn't even touch wrestling. So, we we did not. We'll see. Like, and this is this is kind of the whole thing. And I've, I've, on a lot of these chats that I've been having, it's like, man, we we leave stuff for the next episode. And yeah, we didn't even we didn't even talk about wrestling, which I think, as far as pop culture stuff, is probably yep. one of the big topics that we cover in DM. So yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> look at that. We've we've already got our teaser for next time. Awesome. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up here again, guys. I've got Becca's Instagram and I've got the podcast that she and her sister do linked up in the show notes. Make sure you check those out. Thank Becca, you so thank much you for, for coming having on. Me. And, I uh, fully appreciate we'll do it. it. Sometime. What do you think? Thanks. You have a good one. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>